0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. All right, I'm excited about our new series we're starting this morning. It's on family. Family. And, uh, our scripture verse for the whole series will be, unless the Lord builds the house. And so in the coming weeks, we'll be looking about, we'll be looking at marriage, we'll be looking at communication, intimacy. Uh, today we're looking at godly mothers, what a godly mother looks like, a blessed mother. We'll be looking at, we'll end it at Father's Day, and so we'll look at the men as well. We'll look at different kinds of homes and families and how they come together and how God works through all the situations and all those different challenges of life. And so today's Mother's Day, and I'm excited about this day and uh, so glad that you are here. Take your Bibles out and turn to Psalm 1. Psalm, Psalm 1. Uh, Mother, this Mother's Day message is a little bit challenging. Yeah, a little challenging for me because I'm not a mom, uh, number one. But, but it, you know, I always, as a pastor, you want to communicate to the broadest audience possible, and sometimes we think on Mother's Day, I'm just talking to all the mothers here, and so the, the teenagers check out, and the dads check out, but I want to tell you, this morning's message, I believe, has application for everybody, so we want you to tune in, listen real close, because the word of God is good for all of our moms, but of our dads, and all of our children, and everybody else in the house as well. It's also a little bit challenging on Mother's Day because mothers are going through all kinds of different kinds of emotions. Many of you in here have lost your mother already, and so your mother is gone. And so when you come to a day like this and you come into church, maybe it's with a degree of sadness or emptiness, and, and many mothers in here this morning have lost a child, and that probably can be one of the hardest heartbreaks for anyone to ever have to go through and endure and so we have those challenges going on there, there when i talk about mother's day for some of you it's extremely painful i've heard this story of one lady who just will not come to church on mother's day because she has been unable to have children and she carries that and every time she comes on mother's day she's reminded of the fact that she herself is barren or or many have lost children uh you, you've lost in childbirth or, or uh uh, you've you've lost your child prematurely. Uh, died within the womb, and so you've had a miscarriage, and so that becomes a very, very challenging thing for many of the mothers here. Uh, for some mothers, it's hard because you're dealing with a prodigal son or daughter, and you may not even know where they're at today and what's going on in their life and what's happening to them, and so that becomes a very difficult challenge to weather, and I wanna tell you, first of all, we understand all those kinds of things and all those seasons of lives, and we know that it can be challenging, but at the same time, I don't want let to let that keep us from honoring some very wonderful and special mothers in the house today. And so we are gonna recognize them this morning because we have some awesome mothers in the room. Beautiful mothers here today. So I want all of our mothers to stand up. You're a mother and uh, you all stand up right now. And men, show them some love right now. Everybody show these mothers some love. These are our wonderful, wonderful mothers. And we applaud you. And we honor you and we recognize you today. Now let's all stand together with them and read from Psalm 1. I fooled you this morning. Psalm 1. Powerful, powerful psalm. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to all of us this morning. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or stand in the way of sinners. Or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are all like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Father, today, as we open up our hearts in the word of God, Lord, I pray that you will bring understanding this morning, that we will see mothers who will be like those trees planted in you, planted by those streams of water, and we'll raise our children to be the same. I pray, God, you will set us on the right course, we'll listen to the right counsel, the right guidance. I pray for an anointing on the word of God this morning as I bring it forth, open up our hearts and minds, I pray, I ask it in your holy, mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Korean Airlines Flight 007 departed from Anchorage, Alaska on October 31st, 1983. They were heading on a direct flight to Seoul, Korea. And however unknown to the pilot and the crew, the computer engaging the flight navigational system contained a one and a half degree routing error. And so when the plane leaves Alaska, the, the error was so small, the navigational error was so small, it went undetected. And the plane took off, and they begin to fly over the Aleutian Islands outside of Alaska, and they're flying over the Pacific Ocean. And 100 miles out, they still didn't realize the error. They still didn't realize that along the way they were off course because of that one-and-a-half-degree error. Eventually that, that plane, that Korean Airlines flight number 007 made its way over Russia and Russia began to scramble its jets immediately right away and they dispatched their planes uh, and they blew that 747 out of the air and every single passenger was killed on board immediately. All because of a navigational error. It led to the destruction of Everybody. October 31st, 1983. A small error made at departure point resulted in a tragic trajectory and a destructive finish. Psalm 1 gives us two possible navigational plans which result in very, very different endings. Ladies, not only are you charting a course for your own life, but you play a huge role in charting the course for your children's life. And I believe there's anything we can learn from today is this Psalm 1 is so powerful, so impactful. It all deals with setting the right navigational course for your children. So let's look together at verse number 1, and we're going to work our way through this psalm this morning. And we believe it's going to be a blessing to you today. Blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Look at those three words, walk, stand, and sit. Walk, stand, and sit. So he starts out by saying, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Now what does that mean? Whenever my feelings go contrary or my emotions or my friends go contrary to the word of God and the will of God and the direction of the Holy Spirit, and I begin to walk in that counsel. I begin to walk with those friends. I begin to walk with the wicked who are anti-God, who are not serving the Lord. I am going down a path. I am living outside of the will and word of God. That's walking in the counsel of the wicked. But then he takes it a step further. He says, or stand, or stand in the way of sinners. Now when you are standing, you are taking a fixed position. You are identifying with the wicked. You are identifying now with the sinner. You are taking a fixed position that says, I identify with them, I line up with them, I will follow their ways. And so what happens is we begin to stand because now we have been walking, we have been making wrong decisions, but I stand in those decisions, I stand by that, and I I begin to justify my actions. I say, this is what I believe, this is where I'm at, this is where I'm standing. But he goes on to say in the rest of that verse, or sit in the seat of mockers. Sitting is a position that says you are now finalized in your viewpoint. And so you sit in the seat of mockers of mockers remember remember when Jesus went in Luke and the Bible says he went into the synagogue and when he got in the synagogue he he read from Isaiah the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me and he reads this powerful passage of scripture and he says today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing and then the Bible is very careful to say he sat down it's a final position It is who I am. I am the anointed one. I am your high priest. I am the one this passage talked about. And he sat down in their midst. And so what happens is when you sit in the seat of mockers, uh, you refuse to be uprooted. Uh, You cannot be moved. You are fixed and remain in your seats. And when you are sitting in the seat of mockers, you too, your departure becomes so great, you become a critic of God. You become a critic of everybody else. Because now you're sitting in the same arena with all the other mockers. Now what are the mockers today that we hear? What are those voices, ladies, that you hear ringing in your brain uh, that tries to convince you you're no good? There are mockers all around who tell you you're not a good mom, you're not a good mother, you're not a good lady, you're not this, you're not that. And so these mockers come and they attack our brain. Often it comes in the form of other people. We have, I I didn't understand this until I began getting ready for this message, but there's a phrase called parent shaming. And a mother down the street will tell you, you know what, you're not feeding your child right, your new baby right. You're not supposed to do it that way. You're not supposed to hold your baby that way. You're not supposed to use fake diapers. You got to use cloth diapers if you're going to be a real mother. You're not disciplining your child right. Some tell you if you don't do time out or do some other form of discipline, you're bad. And and some will say if you don't spank your child, you're bad. And so they, they mock you, they they shame you, they talk about your disciplining, they talk about your child rearing. Uh, and, and by the way, they're all experts and you're wrong. And those mockers come and they pound in your brain and you're sitting in the seat of mockers and it leaves you feeling that I am inadequate, I am no good. Media will be a mocker becomes a mocker, it attacks our Christian values concerning family, concerning sexuality, concerning every belief we hold dear, television becomes a mocker. The internet becomes a mocker. I wanna ask you a question, who is speaking into your life? Are you sitting in the seat of mockers? Are you walking with the sinners? Uh, are you standing with the wicked? What, who is speaking into your life? Are you listening to more to modern family? Or are you following the pattern of the word of God? Amen. Mothers, there's mockers all around. And so that's one course you can set your path on and it will lead to destruction. You see that in verses four, three, and four. It will lead to your destruction. You'll be like the chaff thrown up in the air and blown away. But there's another course you can take, another direction you can take. And this is what I want to give you this morning. So if you have your outlines, you can follow along. First of all, he says in verse two and three, be planted, be planted. Where are mothers Fathers, where are we to plant ourselves? Number two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, prospers. Now, when the word says meditate, on his law, he meditates day and night. It means what I do is I take the word and I reflect upon the word. I take the word of God and I memorize the word of God. I take the word of God and I go over it and over it again in my mind. I take the word of God and I study the word of God. And not only do I study it for knowledge's sake, but I try to integrate it into my life so that I'm not a hearer of the word, but I am a doer also. I wanna tell you, you need to be planted by the streams of water and the only way to be planted is to meditate on the law of God on the word of God morning, noon and night and when you will plant yourself in the word of God it's there you'll find stability it's there you'll find healing it's there you'll find refreshing it's there you find restoration and the voice of mockers fades into the background why? because you've been feeding on the word of God mothers stay in the word Get your heart and your mind fixed on the word. For plants to grow and produce fruit, they must put their roots deep into the ground. And as those roots go into the ground, they draw up all the moisture and all the nutrients and it causes the plant to bear fruit in due season. But if you take that plant and you continually uproot it, and go plant it somewhere else. And then you don't like that spot and you lift it up again and go root it somewhere else and you move it around and you re-root it over and over again. Eventually those roots begin to wither and that plant will wither because it never is able to go deep into the ground. It will stress the root system and the plant will die. How many people today hop from church to church And what happens is when you bounce around from church to church looking for this fresh rain or this fresh anointing, you are never planted in community. You never draw into relationship with your brothers and sisters. You never get a consistency in the teaching and training and preaching of the word of God. When you take and you uproot your kids and you bounce around from place to place They can't focus, they're always trying to fit in, they can't get involved in the children's ministry, can't get involved in the youth ministry, and what happens is if they see mom and dad bouncing from church to church, in their minds, church is not a very big priority. And I'll go wherever I want to, wherever I feel like it, anytime I want to, the average person who attends church now goes 1.3 times a month. That's the average church attender, that's the national average. And you move whenever the latest and greatest thing comes along, but what are you doing? You are uprooting your family again. You are taking all the roots out of the soil one more time. When you plant that tender plant into the ground, you plant it into the soil of a faithful church, you plant it into the soil of the study of the Word of God with your family. You plant it into the soil of prayer where you pray together and seek God together. And those roots go down and they get down by those streams of water and it will bear fruit. Even in the dry times, it will still bear fruit. It will, leaves will always be green. Why? Because your roots go down all the way into the soil of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be planted. Follow the guidelines of God's word for following, for raising your children Not the TV, not Facebook, not the internet. But what does God's word say about raising my kids? Meditate on the law day and night. Pray over your kids. Every morning, they arise, you begin to pray over your children. When they're at school, when you're walking around the house or you're at work or whatever you're doing, begin to pray over your kids. Uh, and the supper time, get your family around and pray with your children. Uh, at, at, in the evening before they go to bed, kneel by their bedside and pray over every one of your kids. It's powerful. Stand on every promise in the word of God for your children. Keep them planted. The, the, the big trick of the enemy in our families is not so much the evil and wickedness out there because there's plenty of that in the world today in our society. But it's an enemy I call busyness. If he can just keep you so busy with life so that God is crowded out, he's won a major victory. And so he keeps us very, very busy and what happens is if we're not careful we begin to focus on the busyness or what I would call the temporary at the expense of the eternal our lives are wrapped around today and our kids fun and and making them successes in every way in this world uh, we're so wrapped up to make sure they get straight A's and that's good we want them to be the best athletes on their team that's okay We want them to to be very smart, want them to be leaders. We want want all those things for them, but if we're not careful, we focus on all the temporary things uh, and we forget about that which is eternal. The most important are they being meditating on the law of the Lord morning, noon, and night on the eternal. We have a whole category of moms called soccer moms. It's Okay. My kids played the sports. I enjoyed watching them. It was great for their, uh, just great for them and great for the community and all that. And so I was a part of that as my kids were growing up. But let me tell you, it can become very dangerous. And not just soccer moms. It can be baseball moms or basketball moms or any other kind of moms. And you're running your kids all over the place. But pretty soon today in our culture, tournaments are now running every Sunday morning. And so we make a decision, you know what, I want my kid to get a scholarship, I want him to be an All-American, and uh, I want them to be the, the, the best soccer player, baseball player there is, and so we truck them to all kinds of tournaments and we pull them out of church. Let me tell you a little secret, your little Johnny is not that good. You may have had one coach along the way that says, you know what, I see some potential here, but the odds of them getting a college scholarship are very, very small, and ever making it to the pros and making a living out of playing soccer is one, one millionth millionth of a a percentage. If they're going to, of all those little kids playing soccer, very few will make it to the Olympics, 10 or 12 across America. And yet we run them around and we put all our energies into that and we talk it up and we buy all the equipment and we buy all the gear and we sacrifice. But Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and then what happens is little Johnny, he gets tired of soccer because now it's no longer cool at age 13, 14 to play soccer. But now he hasn't been to church in years. And you say, come on, let's go to church, son. And what happens is Johnny says, you know what, mom and dad, I really don't want to go to church. Now listen to me. If they're living in your home, that should not be an option. It should be expected. It's Sunday morning. We're getting up. We're going to church. They don't make the decisions. I don't know when it happened that teenagers make their own decisions about where they go and when they go and when they don't go. It wasn't in my home growing up. It was expected Sunday morning. You're coming to church. This is what we do every Sunday. This is where we're planted. Amen. This is where we grow. This is where we minister. This is where we serve. This is where we're involved in fellowship and community. And we're planted. And so it was with my three kids. I got up, we went to church. And, and the enemy can get you focused on the temporary. To such a degree, you can keep families so, so busy that they neglect that which is eternal. Let let me me read Psalm 118 to you, verse 2. The Lord is my rock. My fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Rock speaks of stability, unmovableness, unchangeableness. Uh, He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. That's who the Lord is. Turn to Lamentations chapter three. Lamentations chapter three. Look if you would at verse number 22. Because of the Lord's great love, We are not consumed, for his compassions they never fail, for they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Hallelujah. We delight in his promises, the Lord's my portion, I, I wait on him. You know, Lamentations is written by Jeremiah, it's written during a time of captivity. Lamentation is weeping or crying or mourning, and so it's, it's written during that time of captivity. But even in the midst of hard, difficult times, I can still say, the Lord is my portion. His mercies are new every morning. Jeremiah also wrote Jeremiah, look at chapter 17 and verse number 8. He uses the similar agricultural analogy that we read in Psalm 1 about planting and, and trees. And listen to what he says. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Reminiscent of Psalm 1. It does not fear the heat that comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never, never fails to bear fruit. Stay planted in Christ. Stay planted by the streams of living waters. Listen, as we look at the economy, as we look at terrorism around us, as we look at our government, as we look at the moral decline in America, it's easy to become anxious. And we become worried and we're concerned about our future and the future of America. But he said in, in Jeremiah, if we will stay planted in the Lord Jesus Christ, no worries, no problem, because God is eternal. He is on his throne. I will trust in the Lord. I won't be worried. I will be fruitful. Hallelujah. Where you choose to be planted will determine your eternal destiny. If you're planted in the word, The Bible says in Psalm 1, you will experience prosperity and permanence. If you plant your seeds in the seat of mockers, sinners, the wicked, he says in verse 4 of Psalm 1, it will be like chaff blown up into the air and blown away by the winds. No permanence, only destruction. So it's really critical, mothers, where you plant yourself, And where you begin to plant your children in the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing is this. I want you to notice verse number three again, if you would. You need to know your season. Let me read it to you. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Everybody say, in season. In season. Know your season. Now, verse number three know your season. And and ladies, you're going to go through all kinds of different seasons of life. It's different raising your children when they're little bitty babies. Uh, It's a whole lot different when they're elementary school kids. It's a whole lot different when they're teenagers. But know what season of life you are in. Know your season. Some plants take longer to ripen than others. Farmers know the very best time to pick the fruit. They want to pick the fruit when it's going to be the very, very ripest. Now, I like to eat apples. I love a good apple and apple pies and and apple cobblers and all that apple stuff. But apples don't grow in South Carolina. Why? Because an apple needs a season of freezing, of cold, to make the apples the very sweetest. That's why apples come out of Washington State up in the Northwest, okay? Apples. Apples oranges, on the other hand, need all kinds of sunshine. They need the heat. They thrive the best in the heat. That's why Florida is the largest producer of oranges. And so you see the difference there. There's different kinds of fruits. There are different kinds of seasons. There are different times of yield. There are different temperatures that are needed. There are different even kinds of rain, amounts of rain and amounts of dryness, but all yield different kinds of fruit. Listen, I you like, may like strawberries, but of strawberries is all you had to eat. You get very tired of strawberries. Here's the key, moms, and this is what I want to tell you this morning stop comparing fruit. You get all all discouraged, all upset because you're comparing your fruit with somebody else's fruit down the street or somebody else's fruit in the church and you're comparing your kids and your fruit and what you're going through and what your life is like at the time and when we do that comparison thing, it gets us down. Everybody, every single mother is absolutely unique. Very, very special. And you have different gifts but you also are in different seasons of life. (coughs) Excuse me. So, ladies, when you see Supermom down the street, and she sews all her kids' clothes, and she cans all fresh fruit, all organic, by the way, and when she homeschools 10 kids all at the same time, And you're looking at that mother. You say, why can't I be like her? I'm not like her. And all of her 10 kids are scholar athletes. And you're trying not to go insane with an infant crying every morning, noon, and night at home. Or you got children fighting in the back seats. And before you get to their destination, you are absolutely going bonkers because they have been... Fighting each other and hitting each other wherever they're going, and it gets always escalates and get worse and worse. Or you have teenagers that are hormonal, and that's crazy. And then there are mothers who, because they're single, we have a lot of single moms in the house, and they have to work, and they go to work all day long, and they come home and they're exhausted. They have nothing left to give their kids just to try to make it through supper, whip something together, and then get them to bed. It's tough. And the mocker comes, and he heaps guilt on you. And he says, you're a lousy mom, and you're no good, and you're not worth anything. And he condemns you for where you're at in the season of your life. Understand your season is not your identity. Your identity is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a child of God, redeemed by the Lord. You have his righteousness, and he will help you, and he will walk through you through every season in life, even the crazy seasons, even the difficult seasons, even the alone seasons. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is there, but don't let your season dictate your identity. Your identity is always found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 great passage of scripture that talks about the seasons of life listen to it if you would there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build time to weep a time to laugh Time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now listen to this. What does the worker gain from his toil? Here it is, verse 10. I have seen the burden God has laid on men. Verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Now listen to me, we go through all kinds of seasons. There are times that you are mourning uh, over your children and you're weeping over your children. There are times you are crazy over your kids. There are nutty, goofy times in your house, in your family. There are times you rejoice, there are times you celebrate, there are times of great victories. But the one constant, listen to me, in every season of life is the beautiful Lord we serve God has made everything beautiful in its time he knows the beginning from the end and so I plant and I lock down on the constancy of the Lord Jesus Christ in whatever season I find myself is that freeing this morning is that liberating this morning for some of you women here today God has made all things beautiful he set eternity in the hearts of men look beyond the temporal to that which is eternal. When you go buy seeds at the store, some of you guys, gardeners that are in here today, you buy a pack of seeds, you're gonna plant these flowers or these fruit or crops or whatever. What happens is when you go to the seed, there's a picture on the front of the packet. It's never a picture of the seed. Right? Think about that. Never a picture of the seed. It's a picture of the end fruit the end flower, the end product. They want to show you what it's going to look like. And right now, some of all you have is packets of seeds and you have no idea what's going to happen to your children, but by faith you believe in the end they are going to be a beautiful plant for the glory of Almighty God. Don't quit praying, don't stop, and the harvest will come. Remain faithful and by faith envision the fruit that God is going to bring forth in the life of your children. Listen to Galatians 6, 9, and let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, or it says in the King James, I like it there, in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Harvest is coming, mothers, don't give up. Understand the season that God has put you in and understand God's specific purpose for you and look forward to all the fruit that God is gonna bring forth. Not because we're very good, or we're all that, or we've got it all together, or we're the most wonderful mother or wonderful person on the face of the earth, but I can trust in the faithfulness of God. Because God is good, and his works are beautiful, and he will bring forth the fruits. Listen to Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're God's workmanship. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you're God's workmanship. You're God's unique, unique creation. And in season, in the dry seasons, in the rainy seasons, in the cold seasons, in the hot seasons, in any kind of drought, the Bible says, I have no worries. My leaves will always be green because I'm planted in him. And he's going to bring forth the fruits. Amen. Now the third point is, are you need to be planted? Not only do you need to know what season of life you're in, but the third thing is know you are blessed. Know you're blessed. And that goes back to verse number one. I want to read it to you. Blessed is the man or the woman who does not. Walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but the delight is in the law of the Lord. You are blessed by God today blessed in your own unique identity of who you are and who he created you to be God's masterpiece now that doesn't mean you're never going to struggle it doesn't mean you're never going to have times of adversity Jeremiah even said even in the year of drought if I'm planted by the streams of water I don't have to be anxious because God's going to take care of me now listen to me when I say we are blessed and I say moms you are blessed Listen to me. I'm not measuring your blessing by the world's definition of success. If we think we're blessed because I have a lot of money and a big house and a nice car and all these other things uh, because I'm totally and completely healthy, yes, those are blessings of God, but that doesn't mean you are blessed. There's a lot of men who have and women who have all those things who are not blessed, What am I talking about? You are blessed. Don't measure it by the world's definition of success. And sometimes we get into this trap of measuring everything by the world's definition and we try to force the fruit to come out in the wrong season. And if you pick it too early, it won't be sweet enough. It won't be ripe. It'll taste bitter. It won't be as God intended it to be. And through the droughts, and even the wrong decisions I make, the enemy comes and he tries to label us uh, and say, you're no good. And through all the business of motherhood, we might miss it out. But I want to tell you, where does your blessing come from? Your blessing comes because you are planted in Jesus Christ. Jesus is my blessing. I have Jesus. He's my portion. He's all I need. And to know him, to know his word, is to be blessed. How do you know you're blessed? I have his law. I meditated on it morning, noon, and night. How do I know I'm blessed? I'm planted in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not blessed because I have so much money in my savings account, I'm, my blessing is Christ himself. He is the blessing, he's our reward, he's our portion, he's my life, the blessing is Jesus. The greatest blessing you can ever have, delighting in him, focusing on God's purpose and plan for your life. And so when you are operating in your own uniqueness uh, according to the will of God for your life, then you are blessed. Not because you're as good as the Joneses up the street or the Smiths or whoever. Your season may be now a time of intercession and travail for your children. One day the season will come where you'll reap a harvest of joy and you'll see them all come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe now you're in a bountiful time of harvest. And there's exciting things happening in the life of your kids and your marriage and your family and everything else around you, and you are reaping the fruit. But the fruit we reap is never to consume upon ourselves. It's always to give out to other people. And so you're, you're, you're blessed by Jesus, and you're blessing others around you, and you're in that season of life that's exciting. Or maybe it's just spending time by the cool waters enjoying the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed. When we identify with Christ and we fulfill his purpose for our life, that is our blessing to be in Jesus. Psalm 1. I describe two ways, only two ways. The security of the believer doesn't come from our own efforts, but the Lord who watches over our ways. I want to read verse 6 to you real quickly. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish." Which word are you going to listen to? Where are you walking right now? Are you walking with the wicked? Where are you standing right now? Are you identifying yourself with a sinner and that's your chosen lifestyle? Where are you sitting right now? Are you sitting in the seat of mockers, judging God and everybody else around you and becoming a mocker and listening to mockers and listening to those voices ringing into your head? Or are you like that tree planted by a stream of water? Roots go down deep. Understand that in all the seasons, God is your source and he is your strength and he is with you where are you at right now now I want to tell you you need to be planted you need to know your identity you also need to know where your strength comes from but we need each other in the body of Christ mothers you need somebody that you can just pick up the phone and say I'm going through one of those crazy days I'm about to go nuts will you pray for me will you help me well, you come along beside of me. We need those times. You need those days in your life when we come together and we talk it out because I'm not competing with the next mother down the street. That's I know who I am in Christ Jesus. And so I'm open to become vulnerable and say, I need your help and I need your counsel and I want to I be with you. Lay down the comparisons. Lay down the competition. And when you do that, it opens up the door for encouragement of one another in the family of God. In this church, we've got wonderful, God-fearing, stream-abiding women that will give you Scripture and encouragement and help in any time of need. They will hold you accountable to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not meant to walk through life alone by ourselves, men or women. I want to encourage you to make connections with other godly women in the church. Go to those mothers. The Bible said, let the older teach the younger. Go to those mothers and learn from them. Learn from their experiences. Learn from their life on how they did this whole thing called motherhood. Let them disciple you, and then at times you'll become a discipler of others. Get involved in our women's groups. We've got multiple women groups all over this campus and all around. The blessed life is prosperous and planted. Thanks for listening to this weekly podcast. Check out faithisyear.org for podcasts and videos of our previous messages.